Though our Lord Jesus Christ was rich, he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. That was the verse that we heard based on Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Sarah just chanted that for us. Though our Lord Jesus was rich, he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Kelly was one of the 14 young adults that traveled with me to Mexico City a few years back on a pilgrimage to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Kelly's a wonderful young lady. She's in love with life and people, the church and the Lord. And she takes his call to serve the poor that's so clearly a theme in our scriptures today very seriously. She knew that we'd be walking through a city that there were very likely to be poor that she would meet there. She came prepared. As we walked through one of the parks in Mexico City on our way to the shrine, there was a man begging. Kelly went out of her way to smile, greet him in her broken Spanish, and offer a, a granola bar that she had in her bag. In response to her charity, he spat full in her face. And that look on Kelly's face, well, it seared itself into my memory. It was a look of disgust that paled only in comparison to her look of disappointment that one human being could treat another in such a way. And I think we've all been there, right? Well, maybe not Mexico. But that hesitation, why, why we're reluctant to give. Maybe we've never thought about it going as poorly as it went for Kelly that day, but we're aware that it could get awkward. It could get messy. Maybe I don't have the, the time right now. Maybe this person's going to want to talk to me or make an ongoing relationship. It's too hard to figure out how to punch in all the numbers online, or the recipient might use my donation poorly. Maybe I don't have enough to give, or maybe I've already done enough. These are all the thoughts I have to admit firsthand have come to my mind when I've been asked to give before. There's a hesitancy. And I think that's why this gospel makes me so uncomfortable. Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus begging, hungry and sore, outside the rich man's house. And the rich man, comfortable, well-fed, and elite, inside. But as the story goes, Lazarus was the one received into heaven, and the rich man damned for, as we pray in the Confidior, what he did, and what he failed to do. Now, those college students that are here with me that are in the, uh, the Bible study would pick up on this quickly. We've been studying the, the book of Exodus. That's okay, those things happen. The, we've been studying the book of Exodus, and in the book we see a foreshadowing of this gospel passage. Moses goes before Pharaoh. And we noted, the students and I, that 
while Pharaoh was the one who was rich and powerful and comfortable, anyone in the world would have known him back in the day. The Holy Scriptures, they never record his name. They just say Pharaoh. Moses, like Lazarus, the poor one, was known. He was known by God. He was known, his name known by us. And he was able to know the God who revealed himself to us. I am who am. And so in that relationship, in that relationship, Moses did great things. Lazarus likewise. A story from the local side. We have a, a Lazarus in our midst. I've told some of you about him before. His name is Tony. He lives literally in a shack in the woods right on the, the edge of our parish. He relies on someone else to, to bring him food about once a month because he can no longer drive. And he has an occasional visit from one of our parishioners, one of the parish nurses, sometimes myself. He reminds me so much of Lazarus. The whole world has basically ignored him. And no, he doesn't have, as Lazarus it tells us, he doesn't have wounds that are, are licked by a, by a dog. But even worse, he used to have a dog that kept him company out there, but his dog died. In fact, I showed up for one of our visits just hours after Tony finished burying that dog. By most of our standards, he has nothing. And yet today I don't point out Tony for someone that we should be doing more for. I point him out as an example of someone who has every excuse in the world not to be generous, but still is. I don't know how he's able to do so at all, but every once in a while we get a, an old envelope in the mail. And there's a donation to the church or a request for masses. Sometimes he'll, when I'm visiting, send me on my way with a, a couple religious books or a, a DVD that was moving to him. And one time he even saved up and found some beautiful scapulars that he wanted to buy. We, in turn, gave those scapulars to the First Communion class this year. They were from our Lazarus, who showed his generosity. It strikes me that if the rich man in the parable had half of Tony's generosity, it would be a whole different story. And even more, if we as a church had half of Tony's generosity, our church, our world, would be in a very different story. In the first century, people, you probably know this, they, they ate with their hands, which normally, when it was just dry food, was a very easy thing to do. But at a rich home with succulent sauces on the table, it got very messy. So what did they do? Bread would be served. And that bread would be used to sop up the sauces from their hands. And then the rich, not wanting to fill themselves on all those carbs would just toss the bread to the floor. That's what the gospel is speaking of when it says that Lazarus longed to fill his belly with the scraps. You see, those scraps that Lazarus desired 
that any poor person begging desired hopefully had a little bit of the sauce, a little bit of that extra taste. And so it strikes me, as we come before the, the rich one, Jesus Christ, who became poor so that we could become rich, he, he sits at a banquet. He came to a banquet and invites us there. And yes, bread is again used, infused not though with a hint of sauce, but with his very life, his very body and blood poured out onto his messy hands. Not something though that is tossed to us, but lovingly offered, even though it becomes so messy to do so, even though as he extends his hand lovingly to us, as we hear in the Gospels, he was literally, like Kelly, spat upon as he finished the offering and carried the cross. He shows that generosity. My friend Kelly is now married. She's a wife. She has a beautiful young family. And despite what happened in Mexico, she, she is still generous. Tony, despite what the world has handed him and all of his struggles, is still generous. And our Lord, despite what happened there on the cross, of course, is still generous. And please, God, therein we find the inspiration to do likewise. When we travel somewhere where we might come across someone begging, we pack maybe a granola bar, at least a smile, maybe something even more. We encourage the, the practice of tithing, that rule of thumb of, of giving 10% to the poor. We support local charities in our parish, and yes, our bishop's fund, which, thank you, uh, we're already at 38% of our parish goal for that. And we acknowledge at times, you know what? It's going to get messy. It does. But, by entering the mess of our poverty, he let us become rich. How could we do any less? <laughs>